You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Tim Rice. Welcome to my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. This is episode nine. I had a pretty good response to my last podcast, Get Onto My Cloud number eight, which featured my musical with Elton John, Aida which ran on Broadway for four and a half years from the year 2000. I was always going to do another chat about this show, as it's one of my favourites, and had originally thought about doing so in a few podcasts' time. However, a number of requests for a little more Aida songs and info, a number getting dangerously close to double figures in the past few days, has persuaded me to talk a little more about the show straight away. If you missed Podcast 8, Aida Part 1, it won't, I hope, stop you being gripped by Podcast 9, Aida Part 2, but you can always nip back and listen to 8. It's still there, as I trust all the shows are. When the show had its first tryout in Atlanta, Georgia, it was not even called Aida, even though that was the obvious title. I guess we were concerned lest people confused it with Verdi's masterpiece, but as Verdi had long since joined Monty Python's celebrated parrot and gone to meet his maker, As his work was a century out of copyright, and as anyone buying a ticket expecting a 19th century grand opera and getting us would not really have a case for a refund, we were probably oversensitive in calling it Elaborate Lives, and in slightly smaller print, The Legend of Aida. Elaborate Lives is the title of one of the major songs in our show, and has sometimes been a solo for the character Aida, and at other times a duet for Aida and Radames as alterations to the piece took place in its early days. In the Broadway version, it was a duet, and the first declaration of love between Aida and Radames. Here is the Broadway cast recording, Adam Pascal and Heather Headley. Such elaborate lives, wild ambitions in the sights. How an affair of the heart survives days apart. And hurried nights Seems quite unbelievable to me I don't want to live like that Seems quite unbelievable to me I don't want to love like that I just want to time to be 
slower and gentler, wiser, free. We all live in extravagant times, playing games we can't win. Unintended emotional crimes take some out. Take others in I'm so tired of all we're going through I don't want to live like that I'm so tired of all we're going through I don't want to love like that I just want to be with you now and forever peaceful This may not be the moment to tell you face to face But I could wait forever for the perfect time and place We all need such a laboring Adam Pascal and Heather Headley. Adam came on board for our second major tryout in Chicago, completing a terrific trio of leads with Heather and Cherie Renee Scott. When we moved to the Windy City, we had ditched Elaborate Lives as a title, and it was now simply called Aida. Somebody else who joined the production in Chicago was the distinguished playwright David Henry Huang, whose best-known play is probably M. Butterfly, for which David became the first Asian-American to win a Tony Award. I'm very glad to say that David is still with the team as we get our act together for the post-COVID return of Aida, to be directed by Broadway's original Nehepka, Shelley Williams. And I'd like to pay tribute to the show's two previous directors, Robert Jess Roth and Robert Falls, who guided us through some fairly turbulent times all those years ago. We opened at the Palace Theatre in New York on the 23rd of March 2000, and frankly, we were not overwhelmed with rave reviews. In fact, some of them were, to put it mildly, aggressively unpleasant. Not all, I hasten to add, and most of the vitriol was aimed at the work rather than at the outstanding cast. 
I was pretty used to this from way back. My first venture onto Broadway with Jesus Christ Superstar had been received with an outbreak of indifference by the critics, and the score was not even nominated for a Tony. A few years later, Avita had been slaughtered even more thoroughly by the perceptive critical establishment, although, come awards time, we picked up a bunch of Tonys and various other goodies. When Tony time came around in the year 2000, Aida was not even nominated in the Best Musical category. Although the show had five nominations for individual awards, for scenic design, costumes, lighting, Best Actress in a Musical, and to my surprise, Elton and me for Best Score. All the same, I felt it was safe to assume the score had no hope of winning if the show itself didn't even get a nod. Even though award ceremonies back then were often quite fun, I was quite happy to accept a chum's invitation to go on a millennium cruise, appropriately, mainly around Verdi's home patch, Italy, even though it clashed with the Tony Awards ceremony. Nobody would miss me. Elton didn't go to the Tonys either, nor, sad to say, was he on the cruise. I'm not sure why he didn't go to the Tonys, but he was almost certainly performing somewhere, otherwise he could have come on the cruise. I remember calling my PA Eileen from a landline in Venice. Mobiles were mercifully quite rare in 2000 to check on important matters back home, such as the health of the dog and whether my cricket blazer was back from the cleaners. Once I'd been updated on all the vital news from the home front, I was about to hang up when Eileen told me, oh, by the way, you won a Tony for Aida last night. This is quite a surprise, partly because by then I'd clean forgotten that the Tonys were even happening while I was away. Apparently, Aida had won four of the five awards we were up for, including me and Elton for the score. I was staggered. Bob Crowley had won for his scenic design, and Natasha Katz for her lighting. Not so staggering. And Heather Headley as Best Actress in a Musical. If she hadn't won, I'd have been staggered. The winner of the Best Musical Tony was a show called Contact, a victory that caused controversy about what constitutes a musical, as it was a dance musical with no singing and minimal dialogue, and instead of original music, it used pre-recorded music and songs. Must get around to seeing it one day. Elton and I got a little stick for not turning up to the Tony Awards. I don't think we nominated anyone to accept on our behalf, but whoever it was didn't keep my Tony as I have it safely in my possession, modestly tucked away in a cupboard in Cornwall. A cupboard with a glass front, I hasten to add. One of the songs in our Tony Award-winning score, which has been sung by several eminent artists over the years, including fine versions by male singers such as Michael Crawford and Donny Osmond, is I Know the Truth, sung by Radame's rejected love, Amneris. I never fail to be enchanted by Cherie Renee Scott's chillingly gentle interpretation. How have I come to this? How did I slip and fall? How did I throw half a lifetime away Without any thought at all? This should have been my time It's over, it never began I closed my eyes to so much for so long And I no longer can I try to blame it on fortune Some kind of shift in a star But I know 
and it haunts me. It's flown just a little too far. I know the truth and it mocks me. I know the truth and it shocks me. It's flown. The exquisite Cherie Renee Scott. Gosh, we were lucky with our company for Aida, from leads to chorus, from look to book, from organization, the Disney heavies, to orchestration, Paul Bogave, Guy Babylon, and Steve Margoshis, from choreography, Wayne Chilento, to curtain. After the positive acceptance on Broadway, at least by the public, a national US tour of Aida was set up and played for two years on the road. Then various foreign productions kicked in, starting with a Dutch production, in Dutch, in Scheveningen and Holland in late 2001, and subsequently foreign versions surfaced all over the shop. And as I mentioned in my last podcast, I never got around to enough of them, although an open-air version in Estonia, which was interrupted halfway through by a torrential downpour, is warmly etched in my memory. Some acclaimed and prominent actors have honoured us by participating in the show either on Broadway during the run or on tour, including the magical Idina Menzel as Abneris, and Nina Simone's daughter, called Simone, Tony Braxton and Deborah Cox as Aida. Being a 60s vinyl junkie, actually 50s if I'm honest, but then in the 50s records were often shellac rather than vinyl. Being a 60s vinyl junkie, I was particularly elated when an actual monkey, Mickey Dolenz, took on the role of Radame's father, Zosa, a conniving political manipulator. And Mickey did great justice to his song, gleefully anticipating the imminent passing of Pharaoh, another pyramid. 
Talking of pyramids, I remember when we were previewing in Chicago that Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was running in a theatre just down the road from Aida, another musical set in ancient Egypt. Thanks to me, 1999 must have been a great year for Chicago's pyramid constructors. Although if they had an annual dinner, I was not invited. So here we are, 20 years on, hoping to get Aida up and running in a major way again. Although it has been continually performed in, with respect, many minor ways around the globe, ever since we didn't turn up for the Tonys. It has even been done in my home country, where it's been available for amateur licensing since 2011, but only in that capacity. Apparently the first officially licensed performance that I know about anyway was in March 2013 by the Cambridge University Musical Theatre Society, and I've certainly been aware of other presentations in the UK since then. But it would be a delight for me if we can get a major production into the West End before, frankly, before I'm too old to know whether it's Tuesday or Belgium. I hasten to say I feel in good nick right now. (coughs) I have great confidence in Shelley Williams and her team, which of course includes Disney theatricals, who've made a pretty solid impact on international musical theatre since Beauty and the Beast kicked it all off for them in 1994. In these ultra-sensitive times, I feel confident that adjustments in Aida to character and plot, which need to be made, will not compromise the basic story of tragic love across forbidden lines. And of course... I trust that Elton's marvellous music and virtually all the original lyrics will be retained, although if improvements can be made, they will be. I've just come across a new version of my strongest suit, featured in a 2020 US television series called Katie Keene, so at least that one still passes muster. To finish this second podcast about Aida, here is a song sung by our three marvellous leads, Sherry, Adam and Heather. The song opens the second act. It sums up I hope, the thoughts at that moment in the drama of each of the three principals, who are staged apart, separate in their own thoughts, unaware of those of the other two. It's called A Step Too Far. Oh, 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 oh,
But our love can be misplaced Have I compromised my people In my passion and my haste I could be his life companion Anywhere but where we are Am I leader? Am I traitor? Did I take a step too far? Did I take a step too far? It's so strange she doesn't show every me kind of trouble. Can you tell? Just look at me. Almost love can be mysterious. Half ecstatic, half Get Onto My Cloud, Episode 9, written and presented by Tim Rice and produced by Peter Holtz. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.